Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala rasulullahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri Wahlul uqdatam min lisani yabqahu qawli Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu InshaAllah, first of all I'd like to thank uh, the administration here Imam uh, Muhammad Sharif to invite me and give me an opportunity to talk about an important subject and the month that we are going through which is the month of Rajab it is an important month in the Islamic history there are many major events that occurred in this month and uh, one or probably two of those events I'd like to shed some light on it and uh, first to understand in what circumstances that incident or the event that we are here together to talk about, to hear about, to discuss about, which is Al-Isra Al-Mi'raj. In what circumstances that happened, it's very important to know the background around it. Because if we don't know the background in which this event is an amazing story, by the way, especially for even for the youth to know, to hear about it, an amazing story that happened or miracle that was performed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, the reason I'm saying it's important for us to know the background is this is a time, it was a very tough time for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the Sahaba radwanullah alayhim. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam lost his uncle. One of the biggest support for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam throughout his life not during only the da'wah from the da'wah perspective, but throughout his life, he raised him. And he lost him. And that was sad for him from two angles. One, the uncle who was so close to him, who benefited him in many ways, supported him, he lost him. That's one of the biggest loss for him. Second sad thing was, he did not accept Islam. And the second sad thing happened in the same year, few days apart was the loss of his beloved life, wife Khadija radiallahu anha and she was his wife for over 25 years subhanallah and this is the same wife who accepted the deen of Islam before anybody else accepted Rasulullah as a messenger Rasulullah himself was very Worried when the first time Wahi revealed to Rasulullah the one who comforted him was again Khadija radiallahu anha. So she was the source of support for Rasulullah from the emotional perspective and financial perspective. She was one of the wealthiest women of Mecca who supported the da'wah of Muhammad. So Rasulullah lost both these personalities back to back. Hence, he wanted to remember this year as Amul Huzm, the year of grief. 
So he was going to waste that time from that angle. And on top of it, the atrocities that were happening to Rasulullah and Sahaba was getting intense and intense every day was passing by. And that time, Rasulullah was commanded to go to, the, to do the da'wah outside of Mecca as well now. And I know some of the brothers, they are doing some Sira sessions here uh, on a weekly basis. So they are reading all this. I want to connect those dots so we understand and connect the story completely and understand how to look at this incident or the event that we are discussing today. So when all these hardships were going through, Allah commanded him, now go to other tribes now. Among them, we know all of us, he went to Taif. And the people of Taif, he was not going for every door he's knocking at or something. Rather, he was there to meet three brothers. So the brothers who are reading Al-Rahikul Makhtum, they know. So those three brothers' attitude was very bad to Rasulullah To the point they sent some youth after Rasulullah to throw stones at him. To the point he was bleeding so much that his shoe was filled with blood. And similar kind of incidents happened, not like exactly like throwing the stones, but when he went to different other tribes to ask them to become Muslim and support him, so he can fulfill the mission that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Muhammad to with. Which? To establish the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To call the people worship Allah alone in every sense. Not to limit our deen to just a masjid and a house. Not to have a secularized version of Islam in our minds. That when it comes to my spirituality, I have Islam. When it comes to my rest of the life, Rest is in my, Islam is in my back pocket. No, this is not what Islam teaches us. Islam is a comprehensive way of life, wife, not in the, uh, uh, sorry, life. <laughs> I'm missing the life and wife here. So, Islam is a comprehensive way of life. In the sense of, not just to say, we, we say that all the time, right? We hear that all the time. Since we were kids, we were hearing that. And some of them kids are still already hearing that. But, the thing is, what does it mean? What does it entail? See, the, the Meccans at the time when Rasulullah was going through this, this, this uh, hardship, Rasulullah was calling them towards not just worshipping another god besides 360 they already had in Kaaba. They understood very well the message of Muhammad is calling for is going to change their lives. All those people who were there, especially the one who had power, they will lose everything what they had. Hence, they were always the ones who, who opposed the prophets. It's not only Muhammad You see, the historically like that. So in these circumstances, when they were even after Rasulullah's life, now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take him to this journey. So understand that, have this background. How sad the background was, how difficult the things were. And at that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. Subhanalladhi usra bi abdilayla min al-Masjid al-Haram ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa. Subhanallah, subhanallah, yasra. And he, he took him to a asra, meaning a journey. What kind of a journey was it? That the abd of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was taken from Masjid al-Aqsa to Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. In the part of the night, الَّذِي بَارَكْنَا حَوْلَهُ Allah subhanahu wa is not talking about only that Masjid al-Aqsa is the one that is blessed. It's the surroundings as well as blessed. 
So the whole land of Bilad al-Sham is referred as the blessed land. And you might have heard I said Bilad al-Sham, the land of al-Sham. I did not say Palestine only, even though Al-Aqsa is in Palestine. Because we should understand, we should remember when the Ahadith of Rasulullah is talking about Bilad al-Sham, the land of al-Sham, it's not talking about today's Syria or Syria. It is talking about the whole land of Sham that includes Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, and Palestine. And some of them actually even take some parts of Turkey and, and Iraq as well. But these four for sure are considered as Bilad al-Sham. And the Muslims looked at as a sham as one land. So this whole land, Allah says, Barakna hawlahu, that we have blessed, we have blessed the surroundings of this masjid with Sham. So we show him the signs, our signs to him, to him who Muhammad and indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all hearing and all seeing. Now this whole idea of this, Rasulullah was been taken for this kind of a journey. It is a, it is a journey at the time when he was going through such a difficult time and now he was given such an amazing miracle of traveling in part of the night to the, the, the land of Asham. And there's a long hadith and different reporters that report many of these narrations. And I will not go one by one each narration, but I'll summarize the story of Al-Israq al-Mi'raj to the point at least we get some idea what we're discussing here. And then inshallah, I will correlate to today's time and the situation that we are in, what kind of lesson we should learn out of it. Right? So now, in the Quran, we know that the ulama of the Quran have divided the Quran in many ways, sometime by 30 Jews, so you can finish the Quran in, in a month, or, or, or there are manazil, seven, seven, seven manazil are there, so you can finish the Quran in seven days, or you can finish the, or you can divide the Quran by Makki and Madani. And there's another way of looking at it, which is by the subject. Quran is divided into three subjects. One is about the aqidah, iman, when you talk about believing in Allah, Messenger, Malaika, Day of Judgment, these kind of the aqaid. Other way of looking at the Quran is ahkam, the rulings that Allah has given us in the Quran. The third section or category is the qasas, the stories Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned. And when you read those stories, the purpose of those stories is so we get the ibrah, we get the lesson out of it. There is no hukum, for example, for us in the previous messengers' stories. Because when the Sharia to Muhammad was given, the previous Sharia was abrogated. So for us, we follow the Sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, when you talk about the stories, when you look at this amazing miracle or the story, the miraculous incident that happened to Rasulullah on this journey, we should think of it, what is the lesson I can take out of it? And of course, this is on Rasulullah so there are ahkam also that needs to be taken for us. So both things are, and also, it is, this story also includes the part of the aqidah. That what Rasulullah mentioned happened. That's part of our aqidah, part of our iman. Because Muhammad, believing in Muhammad as a messenger, 
And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent through him, we believe in him, this is from Allah Azza wa it's part of our aqidah. This is part of our basic iman. I'm not going into the branches of iman and all those things. The basics of Islam to understand this, right? Now, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was taken from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa, there is an animal that Jibreel brought, which was called, referred as Burak. Okay? And the hadith talks about this animal was smaller than the mule, but bigger than the donkey. And the strides that it was taking it was so big, as far as you can see, that was the one step of the animal. So it was very swift, very fast. The Rasulullah was traveling, traveled from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. And then, when he reached Masjid al-Aqsa, and there are variations in the riwayah, so uh, as I said, idea is not here to go to the Jarrah al of the Hadith, or look in the, all the chains of narrations and all those things. It's to get the idea of what this incident was. So he, when he went there, he tied down his, the Dabaraq to the post. That's the same post, all the Anbiya did that. That was specifically, especially for the Anbiya. And Rasulullah tied it there. Tied the Buraq. Yes. It, it, was, it mentioned as maybe Jibreel, or I'm maybe mixing it. Okay, so Jibreel tied, as the brother is correcting me here. Jazakallah khair. So the animal was tied at that post. Now after that, a hadith talks about that he prayed two raka'awah there, there was a drink given to Rasulullah As I said, I will not go into all these details of that, but there was a, he drank milk and he did not drink the other thing that was given to him. But the point is, then he prayed two raka'ah, and from there, he was ascended to heaven. In the first heaven, when they tried to enter, Jibreel he asked for the permission. And the response came from the other side, who is it? The response was, it was Jibreel. Then, okay, who's with you? It's Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Jibreel answered. Then the question came, has he been appointed for his mission? And then Jibreel alayhi salam said, yes, he has been appointed for his mission. Then he was allowed to get into first heaven. There he met Adam alayhi salatu salam, the first, the creator, first human being Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent on the earth. And then, Adam والسلام, he said salam to Rasulullah sallam, he made dua to Rasulullah sallallahu And then he moved to the second heaven. And similar questions and answers happened. On the second heaven, he met Isa السلام, and Yahya, the, the cousin of Isa السلام. And they both, after questioning whether he's supposed to be there or not, it was given the permission. Both of them made the dua for them and say salam on Rasulullah sallallahu And then Rasulullah sallallahu was ascended to the third heaven. Over there, he met Yusuf wasalam. And Yusuf wasalam is famous for the, the, the beauty or the jamal Allah gave to Musa, Yusuf wasalam. He met him the same way, same question and answer, and then he ascended to the fourth heaven. Fourth heaven, he met Idris wasalam. Okay. And on the fifth heaven, Rasulullah met Harun, the brother of Musa والسلام. And then he was ascended to the sixth heaven where he met Musa والسلام. And then on the seventh, he met Ibrahim والسلام. And on each heaven, each prophet asked the same questions and then they allowed 
Rasulullah and all, each one of the prophets, all of them, they said salam and they made dua for the success of Rasulullah for his mission. Now, when he went to Ibrahim, over there there is a place called Baytul Ma'mur. Baytul Ma'mur is right above the Kaaba, as the hadith mentioned, and the Malaika, 70,000 angels, they visit this Baytul Ma'mur on a daily basis. And those 70,000, each 70,000 is a new one every day. The one who comes once will not get a chance again. That shows the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, when we, when we talk about these things like that, or when we talk about Asma'ul Sifat Rasulullah on the side as well, we have to understand the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we really feel it, and then we really get humble, and, and the real submit to Allah Azza wa Jal. When we understand Allah is Al-Khaliq, He is the creator of everything. He is a samir He is listen, He listens to everything. He is Al-Basir. He says, sees everything. He's not the one who will be thinking of, oh, we're going to watch through the cameras, who's doing what? Or, oh, there's a balloon flying over the United States. What is that balloon? Let me check it out. This is not what Allah's knowledge and power is like that. Allah is all aware. When we look at Allah Azza wa Jal, when we talk about Allah Azza wa Jal, we have to think about it. What does it mean by all-powerful? It's not all-powerful that fooling the people and making them think that we are powerful. No, Allah is all-powerful. And that's what we have to understand when we say we believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Believe in Him in a manner it's supposed to be believed. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The way we're supposed to have the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not the way that, okay, the Imam said, okay, okay, I'll do that for now. <laughs> no, when we feel it, this is, becomes our Iman. This is our consciousness now. Whether people see me what I'm doing or not, I will still have the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the way it's supposed to be. Moving on, so Baitul Ma'mur I was talking about, so this is one of the things I'm saying, that 70,000 Malaika on a daily basis visiting, there are so many that they don't even get a chance again. This is the only time they are visiting that, the Baitul Ma'mur. And after that, we met Ibrahim, and Rasulullah was sent to another place which is called Siddatul Muntaha. Siddatul Muntaha is the place where Rasulullah wasallam. He conversed with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was given a gift of salah over there by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pay attention to this. We are talking about, when we are talking about Al-Isra al-Mi'raj, some of the reports talk about this happened a few months prior to the hijrah of Rasulullah Some say it's about 11th year of the prophethood. 10th year, 11th year prophet. Still, this is almost 10 years have passed by. Salah was not even obligated. The five, five prayers were not there yet. This happened after Israel uh, Mi'raj. So the only thing that were coming through to, the, to Rasulullah until now was mostly about the Iman and the Aqeedah, the Iman and Allah, messenger, messengership, Malaika, hell and the heaven and these kind of things. Very few ahkam were there. Mostly it's about the Iman. The Iman that really drives us all. But it has to be placed in the right manner. 
If that's placed correctly, everything else automatically comes in place. Then, after that, he was given 50 salah. He went down, descended to Musa again. <laughs> Musa asked Rasulullah, Oh, did you get anything from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He said, yes, 50 salah. He said, oh, I dealt with Bani Israel. I know how hard-headed these people were. Probably are still. So, these people, did not, they were not able, not able to do that. And I can tell you from that experience, this 50 will be too much for, you, for your ummah. Go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask for some relief. Rasulullah so went back again and asked for, for some relief. And some ahadith talks about every time he went back, five were decreased. And some reports talk about ten. But five were decreased. Now, so 50 became 45. Come, comes back to Musa. Musa, he tells Musa, 45 now. He said, oh, this is still too much. Go back. 45 becomes 40. 35. Go on and on and on and on. And then it becomes five. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentioned, these five are equivalent to 50. Each one good deed that you do, that's equivalent to 10. Hence, these five prayers will be accepted as if you have done 50. Now he went back to Musa and mentioned about it has become five. And Musa again said, that is still too much. Go back. And Rasulullah said, I feel shy to go back to Allah again now. And he returned back. So he returned back with these five. Now, Rasulullah also mentions about when Allah has mentioned ayatina to show him some of our signs. Ayah, a lot of time ayah, we think of it ayah of the, word, of the verse of the Quran. Yes, the verses of the Quran are also ayat from Allah, the signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the signs are many besides the ayat in the Quran. Each one of us is a sign from Allah, a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our, our own existence, the way we are, the way Allah has created, this is a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's enough for us to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from these signs. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed him signs like how the people will be, will be punished. Like people will have nails made up of copper, scratching their chests, scratching their bodies. These are the ones who were backbiters, slanderers, talking about other people, what they were not really, they're accusing them of different things. And then a hadith, the, the, it also talks about Rasulullah saw people, uh, malaika like Malik, the guardian of the hellfire. He met different prophets in the heavens, and of course he, will, he also led the salah in Masjid al-Aqsa when all the prophets who were sent prior to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? They prayed behind Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. See, that's what it means by that. In those difficult times, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was given this miraculous journey to show him where his real place is. Subhanallah, he's leading all the prophets. What an amazing honor to Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and an amazing honor for us to be the ummah of that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. This is how we should look and feel about that. We should feel that we are honorable. Allah has put this honor in us. It's up to us now to be the honorable one and do the job of the honorable ones. And it's not goes for only the old ones, it's for the young ones as well. Feel this way, feel proud of it, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
has blessed us with Islam. What a blessing it is to be the part of the Ummah of Muhammad the one who led the prayers for all the Prophets. The one who was taken to this journey where Allah gave the Salah that we do five times a day as a, as a gift for the Ummah. Looking from that angle. Now, when Rasulullah was in the, over there in the heavens, he was also shown Besides the people, how they will be punished, he was also shown Jannah as well. Like the place of Bilal, the place of Umar bin Khattab and so on and so forth. And then when he came back, as I said, I'm not going into every detail, we'll be here for the whole night, if we start discussing this way. When he, comes, he came back on the Burak back, after leading the Salah, now he went back to Masjid al-Haram. Taken to Masjid Haram. Now, when he came back, now he became more anxious now. Why? Because when the ayat like this are revealed, Subhanallah, that when this abd has been taken, Layl in Masjid Haram, Masjid Aqsa, this ayah is not just for Rasulullah to keep it to himself. He has to announce this. Announcing this at that time, that somebody has traveled over 1200 kilometers. Part of the night went there and came back. There was no Concorde, there was no Boeing 747 there, or, or even Lamborghinis who can drive, can drive a couple hundred miles per hour. There was no such thing like that. So if you have to travel that kind of a distance, it will take you, if not months, it will take you weeks, one way, and then to come back. So this is impossible somebody is coming and telling you that he has done that. Now when Rasulullah was, he was commanded to now go and disclose to the people, now remember the circumstances he was in. He was denied. He was rejected. He was harmed in many ways, physically, emotionally, psychologically. All those things were done. And they're ridiculing Rasulullah as Sahaba. Rasulullah was mentioned as the poet, as the shahid, as a kahin, as the one who suits there. As a, as a liar even, to a person who used to call him as a solid well, I mean, they call him a liar because when they're saying that they do not believe Muhammad is saying the truth, that's a, the saying that he's a liar. They call him as a magician. All these names were said to Muhammad And now, he has lost Khadija and Abu Talib as well. His support system is gone. He's going through all these difficult things. Now you have to go and tell them this happened to me now. But when you know all this, then you understand how why Rasulullah was anxious that he has to disclose this now. Now they are going to ridicule him more. And what happened now? Rasulullah was still in this anxious mode. He has to tell the people what happened. Abu Jahl, may Allah's curse be on him. He came to Rasulullah and he said, So you have Muhammad, what's new with you now? Rasulullah said, oh, he said, do you have something new? He said, yes. So he said, what is it? He said, oh, part of the night, I went to Masjid Aqsa. Last night, I went to Masjid Aqsa. And he said, oh, and you came back. Subhanallah. And now Abu Jahl, he didn't know how to make fun of Rasulullah by this. So what does he do? He did not leave him like this. That, oh, okay. You said, are you going to tell this in front of the people? Let me get the other guys. Yeah, Bani Luwai, Bani Ka'ab, come here. Come all, come. Look what Muhammad has to say. 
When they all came, then he said, Oh Muhammad, tell me what you were saying. And when he said, he went to Masjid Al-Aqsa, in the part of the night he came back. Upon that, look at their response. They, were start, they start clapping, like clapping, holding their heads like this, and ridiculing Muhammad And on top of it, there were some Muslims who left Islam, as Ibn Kathir mentions about that. And their endings were with the ending of Abu Jahl. Their endings were as the ending of Abu Jahl. They died in the state of Kufr. And on contrary to that, there's another incident happened in parallel. Some of the Quraysh, Kuffar, they went to Abu, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu And they said, oh, did you hear what com your companion is saying now? He said, what is it? And he said, well, he is saying he traveled a journey all the way to Masjid Al-Aqsa and came back to Masjid Al-Haram in the part of the night. And Abu Bakr's question was, did Muhammad say this? Sallallahu Alaihi He said, yes. He said, if he said it, then I believe. Then I believe. That's enough for him, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even though he is getting this information from a kafir. He said, if he said it, it must be true. It has happened. This is why until today, we refer to Abu Bakr as a Siddiq, radiallahu He is the one who testified the truth. He is referred as Siddiq, and his daughter is referred as a Siddiqah, Aisha, radiallahu anha. So, look at the difference between these two incidents. Some of the Muslims, they left Islam. They could not take it anymore. We cannot accept what Muhammad, sallallahu is telling us. On the other hand, Abu Bakr becomes a Siddiq. And that's because of his belief in Muhammad وسلم, and the wahi that he brought. And he said, you are talking about this, I believe in more than that. I believe that he gets continuously the wahi from Allah from the heavens. Back to back he's getting wahi. Rasulullah he was acting according to the wahi, remember that. Rasulullah does not say anything. Except what is from the wahi. Because the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the ahadith that we talk about, it is also part of the wahi. Quran is not the only wahi. Sunnah is part of the wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he is acting according to the wahi on a continuous way. That's why Abu Bakr said, I believe in more than that. Hence he became a Siddiq. And Kuffar were given back to back evidences for this. How? When they were ridiculing Rasulullah sallallahu they started asking questions to him. Okay, what is that Masjid Al-Aqsa look like? Because you've been there, and there were people who were from the area, they also knew what the Masjid Al-Aqsa was like. So they start questioning, and Rasulullah sallallahu started telling them details about the doors, about the windows, and then when he started forgetting, Allah Azza wa brought Masjid Al-Aqsa image in front of him, and he started telling them the details of that. Allah. So they, this is an evidence for them, but when you have the, what do you call the, the, the curtains in front of your eyes, you cannot see. When you have, your hearts are sealed, you cannot see. The one whom Allah had sealed their hearts and their hearing, and He put the curtains in front of their eyes. Because, but this is not like that Allah has just placed these seals on the hearts of the people. This is from their own doings. This is their own ghafla. Their, what's the word translation for ghafla? <laughs> heedlessness. Their own heedlessness. 
their own kufr, their own fissal, their, their own uh, rejections, their own transgression against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the seal was placed in their hearts. Hence, now they are not able to see these things. So there is a proof given to them, look, a person is telling you details. And then not only that, then Rasulullah while he was coming back from Masjid al-Aqsa to Masjid al-Haram, he saw a caravan of the kuffar of the Mecca. And one of the, one of the camels was lost. And they were looking for the camel. And Rasulullah told them the whole story about the lost camel and how they were looking for the camel. And that caravan did not make it yet. After a few days when they came, then they asked him about that story and they affirmed that this is what happened. And they were still not, they still did not believe. This is what I means by you have seen the truth, you have, you have felt the truth, but you're still rejecting it. Hence they will be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these kuffar. Now, moving on, what is in this for us? That's a key thing, right? Now, before I go into what's in it for us, I want to talk about just a couple of few things. Number one thing, in the very same month of Rajab, there's an incident that just happened, and I know brother was mentioning to me, there was a fundraisers and all those things were going on in the masjid as well. I am not here to do the fundraiser, just to be very clear. But I'd like to mention that what happened in Turkey and Syria, according to the news now so far over 21,000 people have been killed. We made Allah for all those martyrs, Allah had accepted them as martyrs, as shuhada. And Allah gave Sabr Jameer to all the families who have lost their beloved ones. And from our side, this is a, that's a test for them. At the same time, it's a test for us. What are we doing? Allah has placed in this situation. What are we doing? Are we going to be successful in this test or not? This is also happening in the month of Rajab. 21,000 people lost their life. Now let me relate to certain things because it doesn't make sense just talking about that. UAE, everybody knows what UAE means, right? United Arab Emirates. So they said they are going to give 13.5 million dollars. They're going to donate. Okay? Now we're going to look at the rest, rest of it. On January 21st, there was a one hour concert done by Beyonce. Oh, these young guys know Beyonce right away. Okay, so one hour concert done by Beyonce. She was given 35 million dollars. Well, now you have to weigh these things. How heedless some of the people are. Well, that's not long ago. We had a FIFA World Cup, right? How much money was spent for 22 guys to be kicking the ball for hundreds of thousands of people watching a ball have been kicked from one goal post to another one? How much money was spent? Anybody? Millions? Huh? Billions of dollars. 230 billion dollars. But Qatar offered the same amount of... Yeah? <laughs> to, uh, to Turkey? Yes. 230 billion dollars? Yes. When? Where? That's what they say. Show me, okay. Oh, Allah, I'd like to see this. They say I didn't want to see this. No, Qatar, that's what they say in news. There's not... Uh, okay, show me, please. If that's, alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... Whatever the progress of the FIFA, it will go there. No, 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 no. this is not about 230 billion dollars. Okay. I am talking about 230 billion dollars spent on FIFA World Cup. Okay, there are majority of the countries in the world, their GDP, by the way, the majority of the countries' GDP is not 130 billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm not here 
to just say bad things about these. But we have to understand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable for whatever on an individual basis and on the level of you have stake and you have resources under your control, Allah will hold us accountable for what we did. Look, Umar al Khattab is a famous example. All of us, as since we were kids, we we're hearing this, right? That he said, if there is an animal, if, it's, if it trips by the Dajjal River, Allah will hold him accountable. Why was he concerned for an animal to trip? Whether it was a goat, whether it was a donkey, whether it was a dog, whatever the animal was. He said, because Allah will hold him accountable, why Umar did not pave the path for him? For the animal. This is what means by consciousness. This is what means by understanding that accountability in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every one of you is a right, every one of you is a caretaker of their subject. Whether it's the Amir, whether it's the individual in the house, whether it's the wife, whether it's whosoever it is, everybody is asked about their responsibilities Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on their neck. See, look, when we talk about the earthquake, this is not under our control. This is not under control. This is a disaster happened. The things which are we are accountable for, not this, why didn't you stop the earthquake to happen? But we are accountable for two things. One is, prior to earthquake, did you do something to prevent? Why, especially when you know all these things happen in that region? Did you make sure about the buildings that you built, have the codes? Number two, after the incident happens, what did you do? What was your response? We are accountable for the things which are under our control. We are not accountable for things we don't control. So whosoever has a control on those things, they are accountable. We have rulers who will buy $450 million painting. $450 million, Da Vinci's painting. What was the name of it? I forgot. I put it down somewhere. Some of the brothers might know. What is it? No, it's not Mona Lisa, it's the other one. It's Da Vinci's, uh, uh, one of the paintings. And that's placed in a half a billion dollar yacht. He worked very hard. You know that, right? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed him in a family. He was given birth in a family. That's all what he did. And there are many examples like this. The thing is, there is an accountability attached to each and every one of us. And we have to think like that. But that's not, I wanna, don't want to make it like a, just talking about these corrupt people who are doing their corruption. But I want to connect it to something. That's why I bring it up. There is another major Incident happened in the month of Rajab for the Muslim Ummah. Because of that we are in this situation. There's a brothers from Bosnia here. So they understand more probably about when we lost Turkey, what we lost. So I'm talking about the Khilafah of Mania. Through which the Islam reached to that region. Whether we like certain things or not, that's not the issue. But the Islam reached there. And that was a shield for the Ummah. Ummah was united. You know, 50,000 ulama were killed who were trying to go from this area which is today called India and Pakistan and Bangladesh because they wanted to go and help and they killed them all. They wanted to protect at that time. That was in the, in the month of Rajab, 28th of Rajab. We lost that. Until today, we are paying the price for that loss as an ummah. But, there is a something good in there. And if you guys, any of you will remember when Aigil the Khutbah was talking about certain things that came out of Morocco winning soccer game, 
I pointed towards something that something good was there. The Ummah felt it as we, this is us. I'm not talking about the soccer, but they relate to that that these are our brothers. No matter you are from Pakistan, you're from Saudi Arabia, you're from Iran, you're from Iraq, or even from Algeria, that the Kuffar have put so much hatred against Maghreb and Al Jazeera. Even them, they were rooting for them. Why? I had students in my class. I asked them, why are you rooting all of them? And I'm telling you a true story. In my class, I asked them, this is Islamic school, Saturday school. I asked them, where are they from? A guy was from Saudi a guy was from Sudan, a guy was from Algeria, uh, uh, Morocco, Maghreb, uh, Pakistan, India, Jordan, Palestine. And it's a very small group of class that I had with the, the kids from different schools. And they, the kids said, oh, they all said, because it's Muslim, they're Muslim. So this love of Islam, love of our brothers and sisters is there. The unity in our heart still exists, no matter how much has been tried to dis disunite us. How many boundaries have been created between us to keep us disunited, but our hearts, they are not able to disunite. Because Allah is the one who has united our hearts. Nobody can disunite us. That's the beauty of it. That's, that this is a love Allah has created among ourselves. And we'll continue on, inshallah, until we will receive, uh, we will fulfill the wa'ad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, I gave you something in, during the talk about there was a group of people among the Muslims who rejected Islam when they heard about Al-Isra al-Mi'raj. And Abu Bakr Siddiq became Al-Siddiq when he testified. If Muhammad said it, I believe. Now Allah Azza wa Jal has made a promise to us. When Allah says, وَعَادَ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لِيَسْتَخْلِفَنَّهُمْ فِي اللَّهِ كَمَا اسْتَخْلَفَ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ Allah Subh'ana said, this is a promise of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah has created His promise. We think of this promise as, okay, it doesn't look like it's us. Why not us? Allah has promised. This is a promise from Allah. Allah will give this Ummah and authority on the face of the earth like he gave to previous people. He will give us. He will take us out of the state of fear, put him into a state of security. But we have to be the one, not the one like the people who rejected Al-Isra al-Miraj, the one like a siddiq We have to believe, first of all. Once we believe that we understand, then I have to work for this cause, whether this thing happens in my lifetime or not. What I have to understand is, it is an obligation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is something Allah has sent the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with a mission. Look, the kuffar are doing the thing that they want to do. They can burn the Quran as many Quran they want. Because we don't have the political power that can prevent all this. On the other hand, somebody tries to burn the Torah and then everybody gets up. And stop it. It's not that we are promoting that we should be burning Torah. Of course not. And we are not saying, oh, we have to lobbying around so that like they stop Torah, so we'll be able to stop burning of the Quran. No, we have to have our own power and authority. The, the, look, the, the area we're talking about, Allah the the Palestine area, the Sham, it's burning. The one that Allah blessed, that area is burning today. We can talk about Asra al-Mi'raj all the time. Allah is not asking us to do the Asra al-Mi'raj miracle. That was for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are not asked to do miracles. 
We are asked to do the things which are under our control. See, and Muhammad sallallahu showed us the things that we can do by ourselves. The brothers who are doing the Sira sessions here, I'm reminding them also again. So they read about the Surah Al-Miraj and you guys read about the Hijra also. Why are Hijra Rasulullah had to go through going to the, 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 the cave of uh, Thawr three days, going south instead of going north toward Medina, stay there, stay, Abu Bakr is in the state of the fear, Rasulullah is reminding him of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then he has to get a non a Catholic guy who's, who gave them, showed them the path, and so on and so forth. It took them 12 days almost during this time to reach Medina. Why not Al-Burak was descended at that time and just taken from Masjid Al-Haram to Masjid Al-Aqsa or Masjid Nabawi or the Masjid Al-Quba, whatever was there at that time built or the area of the Quba and Medina. That did not happen. Why? What's the difference? The difference is we are not asked to do miracles. We are asked to do the things that Rasulullah showed us as humans that can be done. And that migration was done as a human being by Rasulullah Miracles are done by the by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that action of migration was done this way. As he had to all go through 13 years of difficult time in Mecca. And then Rasulullah migrated to Medina and where he found a safe haven. Where he was able, the Muslims were able to practice Islam. But this all, uh, Isra al-Miraj has to be connected properly. To think this way, that what is it for me now? Do we believe in Allah Miraj or not? Do we believe that it happened to Muhammad sallallahu Or do we believe the Quran that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah says something that must, will happen? Inna Allah la Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not change his promises. Whatever Allah has promised must have, will happen. No doubt. The doubt is probably in ourselves. We gotta fix those doubts, and we have to act what Allah Subhanahu wants from us. That's how you look at it. That's how you look at the issue of Turkey, for example. When I'm talking about how to resolve these kind of things, what does Islam say about that? And act accordingly. Yes, we will all make du'a for all those people who are going through difficult times, and we should, we must, and we should dig deep in our pockets or whatever we can help them with. Also, as a brother and I will. Make sure to do the announcement about that. The masjid is uh, collecting some funds for the for, for the Turkey and Syria. At the end, inshallah, I'll talk about that. But we should do that. We should help as much as we can from our side. But on top of it, we should be focused and understand how to resolve these things on a permanent basis. We don't have to be begging all the time like this. These boxes in the masjid are continuously increasing. And we are not able to solve any of those problems. Whether it's Yemen, whether it's Syria, whether it's Iraq, whether it's... it's I mean, subhanAllah, it's very sad to even go through these kind of lists. They're still suffering the earthquake that happened 13 years ago in Pakistan. Or the flood happened about six, seven years, uh, uh, six, seven months ago. Where 33 million people became homeless, displaced. 33 million. On top of it, then we hear... When, when, when you hear things like that, the people are spending money for soccer ball for $230 billion. Or Mona Lisa, not Mona Lisa, the one she's, uh, the painting I was talking about, huh? It's a painting. But the one she's uh, one of them, right? So $250 million has been spent for that. 
And, 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 and I don't have to go through unless you know that. And these problems are solvable problems. Look, if something happens because it's not solvable, that's fine. We do whatever we can. In the time of Rasulullah Sahaba and Rasulullah himself was going through difficult times, right? To the point in Ahzab, when one Sahabi came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he had a stone tied to his stomach because he did not eat for a long time. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam covered his stomach, showed he had two stones. What is it for? It's, by the way, it's not funny. Let me tell you why. They do it because your stomach goes so much in, it starts hurting. So you put something to hold it down, hold it back, so it doesn't hurt. That's the idea. The 25,000 people died daily basis because of hunger in the world. And this is a number by WHO, by the way. 25,000 people. I'm very sure that this is a solvable problem. Because more people are dying because of overeating today in the world. The problem is not the resources are not there. The problem is there is not proper distribution of the wealth. And that's a solvable thing. And Islam solves this. And that's what we should think of this Allah. This Allah will help. But we have to have the belief in that. Same way we believe in Al-Asraw al-Miraj. Any promise Allah has made, we should have a belief in that, that it will happen. Inshallah, I'll, I'll talk, stop my talk here. I don't want to keep prolonging. I don't know how long I, I talk. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.